over there as well. God, yours looks great picture of that. It's a uh, it's good good camera, good phone. Wasted on me, like but same, same as myself. Is there is a good filters on it? Yeah, yeah. We we made it, made it for me. We've two that and what is flipping Snapchat filters? Is that what the crack is now? Uh, Instagram and all that caper. Interesting, folks. Very good evening to you all. And we're looking at we're, we're multi camera, multi cameraing again this week. Um, and so this is the fifth James Perry presents event. Delighted to have my good man, my oh. good friend, Mr. Kevin Young here. I feel as if I'm in esteemed company. Well, you, you certainly and, are. Uh, <laughs> given your, your previous guests, I feel very honoured to. I've been very very honoured to be sat here with you. So. Well, um, as I say, there's Vinti. How you doing, man? Vinti. Uh, who have we got, man? Heather Carr. How are you, Mark Canavan? Nebo Doherty and Mr. Anthony Rogan. How are we doing, folks? Hiya. I'm Mr. Martin Gilchrist. How we, Gilchrist? we couldn't have an event without Mr. Gilchrist. Mr. Gilchrist being involved. No way. So, as I say, this is number five in James Prey Presents. And yeah, it's, say, last couple, last two events last year, which were live in person. I'd be doing maybe another one of those this year. And now going on to Facebook Live, which is actually working really well. Get lots of lots of feedback, mm-hmm. and it was so basically what's happening was that Monday past we had a cup of coffee. We did. Had a really good chat and went, well, "Do something. We should actually put this live." Um, <clears throat> and and display our knowledge and our, and our chat and our banter and all that, and let her, a few more people see it. Or lack of. Or lack, lack of. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Connolly has just said, "Where are the ginger nuts?" Yeah, we're more plush surroundings tonight. With a bag of licorice out of sight, you can't exactly see right. a bag of which I'd be, which I'd be going for. I've got a whole load of hearts and legs. Yes, folks. So let's do this. This is actually quite good. Whoever's on, blast away with it with the likes, um, with the hearts, with all that caper. But more importantly, get a couple of questions up and a couple of comments up because this is more, more with you guys, and this is your event as much as us doing it. You know, so get the interaction going. This, but this is what all this networking caper is about. And we can get a bit of a quality chat and quality questions going. So yeah, so that was, that was the start of our week that we met up for a cup of coffee and we were putting the world to rights about we so many different businesses. We were, yeah. Great conversation, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And, and I turned around and went, "Well, we should just do a live and get and, and get a bit of a conversation going." So, what was the rest of the week like for you, Ken? What were you, what were you getting up to? You know what? I've had a flipping class week, oh, oh. Uh, and when I when I look back on it. It's been so busy, but yet I felt I felt very very at ease and relaxed. So I had a chat with you on Monday morning. I was at a thing in Uri, uh singing a wee song and giving a helping uh, guys that I work with, with Team Stevie Two, giving a bit of a yeah. talk at uh, a cycle against suicide. So there's a whole hundreds of cyclists leaving Uri and cycling to Belfast, right. uh, cycling against suicide. Really, with the message that it's okay to not be okay, and it's certainly okay to ask for help. Yeah. So we were there first thing Monday morning. Glorious, it was beautiful Monday morning. Uh, this week as well, I got news that I'm going to be doing a little support gig because I dabble with a bit of music for a, a, a very good friend of mine that I much admire, so I'm going to support him. I, James, this week as well, I started my hashtag every day in May. I don't know if you've seen that. So every day in May is my hashtag for May, and every day in May I will run 6K. You've told me about that. Go well. So, go well. Every day I've, I've got up and done it, uh, and, and every day I've been, I've been uh, running 6K. I have uh, been uh, busy with my coaching clients, uh, with my, my, my business clients and my, my one-to-one personal clients. Uh, and 
Yeah, so it's been it's been just one of those weeks where it's been flat out flat out busy, but yet seemed to be very calm and smooth, and everything just went according to plan. And Excellent which stuff, been, which we could. And now this weekend, so yesterday yesterday kids went out, and I knocked about. Do you know what else I've been doing this week? Watching loads of snooker. I oh, love the snooker, and it's on at the minute. It's five three, five three to win. Is it? Yeah. Do you know who's bringing the snooker? My dad. Is that right? Oh my god. And my granddad played for Dave Paddock Billiards team. Something like that. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. And uh, yes, I, I, I quite like the snooker myself. I love Partial, it. Partial did a bit of snooker. So I've been, uh, as well as trying to get up early in the mornings to run 6k, I've also been sitting up to flip half one and two o'clock at night snooker. watching the snooker. So those two things haven't been, uh, maybe didn't pick the best week to start running 6k right. every day, but uh, I've been up. So uh, busy and uh, interacting, connecting, singing. Raising kids, family stuff, cooking, cleaning, uh, sharing recipes. So, busy, busy. You have been flat out, but I funny if I had a new business client myself this week. Um, I had a bit of a chat with her, getting a bit of context and put a few challenges out there for us to meet in the next two weeks and see where we're going with that. Especially challenging um, her about this fear of getting her message out, actually herself. And... I think the fear is that you put a few posts um, up on Facebook or whatever, and you maybe hide behind the screen and you go, oh, why is something not happening? Mm. So it was really just to challenge her about, okay, that she might have to do a Facebook Live, and that was a fairly big challenge, I think, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then looking at, you know, people think you put up a post and that's it, done, job done. Mm-hmm. But and I've learned over the last, especially a couple of the years, there's a bit more about that and just, Building a personal brand, you've given more personal yourself, Absolutely. which is a huge challenge for people. Absolutely, you can put you can put something from Canva, put it up there, and it's bland. Maybe mm-hmm. where I find success is actually putting me doing stuff, and actually trying to practice what I preach. So yeah. I, put, I put one up today, for example, was the, my top five quotes from the Buddha. I love some of the quotes mm-hmm. from the Buddha, mm-hmm. and what was the picture of me sitting like a an agent, actually actually in Sarnath, where he gave his first lecture. Very good. So trying to do that sort of stuff and, and mm-hmm. challenge her in that, um, talking about funding and that sort of stuff too. So that was really, really exciting for me. And then what about the weather? Class. Oh, 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 again, not great for snooker. So <laughs> snooker, this is not great weather for snooker. Although uh, I know with the BBC app on your phone, I've now been like, uh, my wife's been sliding. Everywhere we go now, I just bring my phone and my headphones. You know, So I'm like... We were, we were at a ballet. We were at a ballet uh, performance last Saturday with, with my kids uh, in the, the Lyric, not the Lyric, the, the, the one in Lisbon, the Island Arts Centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was there before the show started with my phone down here watching, watching round two of the World Championship of the Snickers. So Sharon, if you're watching, give him a slap. Next time you see him, do so that. The, the weather hasn't been the weather has been fantastic, but it's not fantastic weather for Snicker for Snicker watchers. Yes, yeah, yeah. definitely. Not. So that's this week. What about, so tell me about you, you, you have told, you told me a lot about you, but tell, tell everybody out there about, about Kevin Young, who's, who's here? So I am uh, a father, husband, uh, I am a results coach, and I help and facilitate people and businesses to set goals, hold them accountable, and give them the tools, skills, to go ahead and, and reach those, those goals and goals come from dreams so you're encouraging people to dream you're encouraging, I'm encouraging people to uh, be honest and open and be their authentic selves and when you get people 
I, I, I had a conversation during the week with a girl and, and she'd been on a retreat with us a, a long time, not a lot, a few weeks ago. And she'd come off that retreat and she was feeling amazing. She was like, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. I'm going to say gonna, And then yeah. she kind of, the slump comes, the, the slump comes a bit. Yeah. And I was just asking her about her behaviors over the, ne- over the, the last couple of weeks. And um, all the things that she was describing to me is where she had returned to previous behaviors. So old behaviors, old stories, old situations, telling herself the old BS story, uh, you know, behaving how she feels that she should as a sister and a daughter, uh, behaving how she should as an employee, behaving how she should as a friend, rather than behaving how she wants to be to be herself. Yeah. So I encourage people and give them the tools and the skills and the ability to be themselves. And it's that's that's a huge thing. And I have that with my accountancy students as well. So if they come to me and the first session I give is a motivation session, right? It's like, why the hell do you want to do this crap? Accountancy exams, damn hard. Why do you want to do it? And they leave super pumped up. Mm-hmm. The rest of the week, they slowly go down the other end of the bell curve. And so what would you say to people? How can you maintain that level? Well, and drive or well, do you know what? And and, and this is the, I mean, you're going to say, of course, I would say this, but I say this seriously and with hand on heart and genuinely. Get yourself a mentor. Yeah, take on a coach. Yeah, you know, it's that thing. You know, you can't go to the gym for nine hours in one day and come out looking like Superman and stay like that for the next ten years. That's not how it works. Yeah, you know, you can't. You know, you can't become an amazing leader or, or, or business owner at, you know, one o'clock on a Wednesday. Oh, that's me there now. And just stay there. This is, I heard you talking today about persistence and consistency. Yep, yep. And it's that, that's what I would encourage people to do. So take a coach, take a mentor, either paid or unpaid, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you, you need to do. Uh, and have somebody there that is going to support you, encourage you, hold you accountable, to keep you driven. And somebody that is hopefully either knowledgeable in the field that you want to be in, or knowledgeable in motivation and life coaching yeah. and, and results coaching. Yeah. You know, a couple of things with that is for, I call myself accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So I'm just off a call just before I came I came here tonight with a guy over in England. Got got his exams in the next four weeks. Lost drive last week. So I went right. You're contacting me by hook or by crook every night, every day for the next four weeks. It'll be a text message or a phone call. And if he doesn't, I'll be on his tail. Mm-hmm. And he quite likes that. Oh, I can't give people a rocket if they yeah, so want to. Absolutely. And he, absolutely. Quite, he reacts to that. So I completely get that. But, and then the other one is that, but, but the way that could be your wife, that could be your brother, that could be your best mate, that could be whoever. Never. So if you want to maintain a level, get someone to buy in on that with you and to maintain that level of performance or drive or whatever that may be. Absolutely. The other one is that, but the term life coach mm-hmm. or whatever, I think we've spoken about this too, is that you get these people on the internet call themselves life coaches and whatever else. They're only 19 or 20 years of age. Yeah. How can that happen? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe touching some of this stuff moving forward, it's the experience of lots of stuff mm. that you can maybe then pass that on. So you do maybe have to be particular about who you, our approach, approaching. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And do you know that's the thing? And, and, and again, I say this openly and honestly that uh, when you're, if you are deciding to take on a coach or a mentor, an accountability body, have someone that 
you enjoy their company and get on well with. Yeah. You know, they're going yeah. to bust your chops then again. Yeah, yes. you know, and that's, that's their job. Spot on. Their job is to bust your chops. But uh, you know, the, there there are there and like in every walk of life, there are certain types of people that will will deal with you in a certain type of way. And find one that you like, you know. Uh, but definitely find one that definitely find one that that holds you accountable, uh, that moves you forward, that tells you the truth, you know, and and, is, and challenges you. Uh, so I would say to, to maintain that to maintain that that drive, you need to put the systems and processes in place to allow you to maintain that drive. And where you come from in this, and both well, move back to your background, and this is where you can actually you know walk the walk mm-hmm. because you run your own business. Yeah, you've had to train people and yeah. uh, and get yeah. people yeah. upskill them, do all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah. you're very well equipped in that. That respect. Tell me a bit about that. About the background in that. So, well, you know, interesting. James, my I come from. I'm come from a working family. So my family, when I was growing up, were, were caterers, and we had lots of little uh, bistros, cafes, golf clubs, Dan Patrick Tech, uh, mm. you know, chip shops. You never told of, me about the Patrick Tech. So I probably, I probably there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, so I grew up in that environment, and very, very early on was working and, and working in around people and standing in front of people and conversing with people yeah, yeah. And from a very early age, you know, yeah. uh, and from a very early age. So I'd be working, you know, I'd be maybe 15 or 16 and working at a pub. I worked in Ray's and Dan Patrick <laughs> for, for years. And, and very quickly, even at 15 and 16, was someone that was a leader, naturally, yeah. just because I was used to being around people and used to, you know, used to working at the deadlines and used to dealing with the public. And so then... Uh, I went to Queens to study mathematics, uh, and did you level maths? Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite? Sorry, this because I I do yeah, maths. Uh, pure. Pure was my favorite. No, apply was my favorite, but pure I found easier. Well, so I, I love the application of maths. I just yeah, I love yeah. I love. So you must know, love physics as well, did you? I did. Well, my, that was my it was pure maths applied maths and physics. Yeah. Here, here we go. Uh, no, yeah, I haven't told you the end of that story yet. You know, but I love. See, just when you're talking about stuff, I love. I tell everyone, I love that you know applied maths. And this get really geeky, so I'm sorry. You know, I love when you're you know when you're trying to fill the boot of the car with all the suitcases. You know, I love that, that there's a certain when people are like well, I won't fit. I'm like it will fit. You know, because that one needs to go. You know, we put that the volume of that and put you know. And I just love slide, it. Slide, if anybody's seen my dad's talking, talking about slide rule, yeah, which is an yeah. engineering tool for precision yeah. engineering, yeah. you'd want to Yes, love all yeah. that. Yeah. Love all that. So I, I love, I love applied maths. You know, I do. But so anyway, I went to Queens to study mathematics, mathematics uh, and statistics, and uh, decided that I liked drinking cider and going to parties more than than I liked going to lectures and, and tutorials. <laughs> So, uh, so didn't finish. That's where I went wrong. Yeah, that's or yeah, Mr. Bass, where did it all go wrong? You know. Uh, so I then uh, didn't finish my degree and took myself off to live in Holland for about five years. Uh, and again, there was working there uh, and enjoying it. But again, I was already I was a leader there. I was I was a mentor there, and then we we employed lots of foreign staff, and I was the sort of who you working for there. Uh, there was a, in a violin, it's a big auction warehouse right there, and it was like a family auction thing. So, but you know, I was the liaison between the Dutch owners and, and the and there was Polish staff, there was Spanish staff, there was Italian staff, you know, and I was always that leader, mentor, guide person. So, anyway, came back from there, uh, mid 20s, and worked for uh, Vodafone for almost 10 years, for about nine years. 
uh, and in that was employed in sales, sales management, regional management, uh, recruitment, training, uh, process management, uh, uh, you know, sales, all sorts of stuff, you know. I loved it. I loved working for Vodafone and Vodafone loved me and, and I would still get on very, very well with a lot of people there. So hello, any Vodafoneers that are watching? And then got to a stage where I was doing very well and was working a lot of time here and a lot of time away in England and stuff and was having a young family. So my kids then were very, very young and just decided that I didn't want to, I didn't want to be an absent parent. So I didn't want to be a slave to the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to, be, I didn't want to do that as much as that. When I was young and ambitious, I loved it. Then I got older and had kids that didn't want to do it. So I decided that I would open my own business here in Seinfeld. Um, my wife and I looked for a while to find the right property and open Saints Cafe. And I ran it for eight years and loved it. You know, I, you know. How do you find that complete? That's a huge difference. How do you find that transition? Well, which I'll tell you what I find tough about it, James. I'll tell you what I did find tough. Uh, I didn't find the transition tough because I already had lots of people, catering, management, process right, management, so stock college. management, okay. uh, staff management, uh, supplier management. I had all those skills from, from Vodafone. I had all the cooking skills. My dad's a chef and I love to cook at all the cooking skills. So I kind of just was matching up all these skills I had on my life and put them together. Mm -hmm. But what I did find difficult about it was when you work for someone like Vodafone, you know, we had regional manager, divisional manager, HR manager, we had payroll, we had property, we had, uh, you know, pension department, we had uh, uniform department, we had uh, IT department, we had, you know, electric department. And if you needed anything done in a large organization like that, you phone the department and say, we need our PC changed. Yeah. And the next day a guy comes around and changes your PC. Yeah. When you have your own business, and you're self-employed, I was all of those people. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. HR, recruitment, uh, discipline management, stock management, supplier management. I was uh, environmental health management. You know, the whole business. I was the whole the business, whole you know. And in, in, in the first, probably the first 18 months, two years, I found that really tough, you know, quite lonely in that, you know, when you're in a big organization, there's always someone working at your level. Did you say, here, how are you getting on with that new process? Or what are you doing about that? Or you know, there was always yeah. someone you could bat something yeah, off, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Then when you're your own boss like that, there isn't. You know, you're, you're in a, you're in a lonely position, you know. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, and did that for eight years, and then my kids got older. And whilst I was doing that in Saints, a number of people had come to me and asked me about opening a cafe and helping them with cafe, you know. And, and, and I helped uh, quite a number of people then open their own cafes. So looking at, you know, talking about suppliers and talking about management and talking about menus and talking about staff and talking about location and all that stuff, giving people a lot of help because I love to give it, yep. you know? And then I thought to myself, is there a business in that? <laughs> it's a very, know? very similar journey to what I'm on now, yeah. Is there a business in that? And I thought that there was, and then was lucky enough to bump into Stevie McGeown, uh, Team Stevie J, and I kind of just landed down I did a bit of, I did a, a retreat with him and a bit of work and then kind of landed on his door and said, uh, by the way, I'm going to work with you. And he was like, what? I was like, I'm going to work with you. Uh, and he was like, right, uh, okay, you know, and anyone that has read, uh, anyone that has read Thinking Go Rich will be familiar with the story of Edison and Barnes, where yeah. Barnes just arrives at, at Edison's door and says, like, uh, I'm going to work with you. Yeah. And that was over a year ago and I have been coaching and mentoring seriously ever since. Brilliant. And, and that's the background. And is that really just taking that chance, that last bit of your story, just going to Stevie J's door and knocking it and go, 
I was just taking their kicking shots. Yeah. Bite the bullet. Yeah. I've never been afraid to bite the bullet, James. You know, I, like I say, I I first went to Holland on my own with yeah. nobody else. Uh, second time again, I went on my own. Then I left. When I left Vodafone, people were like, "What are you mad? You know, I had this great job, doing really well, great prospects. You know, but." I just needed to follow my heart, you know, and I did that. I, I opened my own cafe, and the people—I had people phone me before I opened my cafe to say to me, "You are mad, you are mental." And the funny thing is, to see those very same people, mm-hmm. to see when I was leaving my cafe, they were the very same people that phoned me and said, "You're mad. What are you doing? You built a great business, sir. You're mental." And that's fine. They're just the sort of people that do what they do and like to, you know, like to be. And I'm—I'm I'm someone that likes to every now and again just follow no. my heart. Would you do it in a very risky way or more an educated guess? No, way? An, an educated, an educated way. Because yes. I would say I never bit the bullet up until about two, three years ago. Never did. Was completely from the corporate yeah. culture. But I never think I could go all go hold that way and just throw all my sort of put all the eggs in one basket type thing. It has to be educated. So that's fantastic. Well, it has to be educated, James. But there's also something to say that you have to burn your bread. Burn your. You know, if you give yourself. If you, if you really want to do something, yeah. if you really, 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 really want to do it, and you've given yourself a fallback, you know, there's something to me saying that you're not prepared to risk everything. And what's that, Rudyard Kipling? If you're prepared to risk everything at the toss of a coin uh, and lose uh, and face the world again, you're know, yeah. kind of. Yeah, there is something to that effect, yeah. So I think. I think you just have to move forward, go forward, be be forward thinking, be do what you want to do, but put in place the steps to get you there. And yeah. we can talk later about long term goals and short term yeah. goals and stuff, but that's for another that's for another time. But uh, no, I've always I've always been very lucky to have the support of my wife, who you know I've said, listen, I'm thinking of doing this, and she's been like, crack on, brilliant, uh, brilliant. and where you go. But sort of to have that sort of safety net in the background if if it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, I completely get that one. Mm-hmm. Here's one for you now. I had a few questions in mind, so this is absolutely no pattern whatsoever. I'm just going to fling a few questions out. Can you give me three books that have been quite influential for you? Yep. Uh, it's funny because I did an event uh, recently, and uh, at that event, I gave him a reading list. You know, a recommended reading list of books, books that I had read. You know, and. Uh, this is one of these questions. Do you know when someone says, can you tell me three things? And I'm like, only three? Shit. That means I have to leave out that and I have to yeah, leave out yeah. So it's not, it's not what you put in to these sort of questions. It's what you leave out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. But anyway, if anyone would care enough to have a recommended reading list of me, then I'll send it to them just to ask. Uh, so I would say the first, the first uh, sort of cycle, I suppose self-help, self-development book that I read was a book called Mind Store by a guy called Jack Black, a Scottish guy. Not Jack Black, the... Not Jack Black, the American American actor, (laughs) not a guy called Jack Black. So the book was called Mind Store by Jack Black, and I read that that back in about 2005, so, you know, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. No, maybe before that, 2003. 15 years ago, anyway, and that has really stuck with me, that kind of really interested me and, and grabbed my attention, you know. Uh, so that one, uh, another book that I'm going to mention, no, I'm not going to mention that one, I'm going to mention As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Yeah, I've read it. Uh, I read it all the time, constantly, all the time. 
I found it difficult the very first read because of the language. It's yeah. obviously yeah. still in the 19... 1903, was it? 1903, still that language, yeah, but it's very good. I love it. I love it. I read it all the time. All the time. It's it it. a precursor to, you think, of Gorich, couldn't you? It is, it, is the, it is the precursor to Everything. every self-help yeah. book, uh, you know, development yeah. book, uh, yeah. affirmation book, uh, manifestation book yeah. that has, has ever been written. You know? yeah, so There's a guy from here as well, a guy called Joseph Andrews, who wrote a book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Okay. Uh, very early as well, 1920 or something, uh, and it's it's another one of those. Uh, so I already mentioned three, but I want to mention one more because one of my favorite favoriteest novels, uh, and it's not a, a self help book, is a book called The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album, uh, okay. and that sounds like it's it's a religious book, and it's not it's not at all. It's just uh, the crux of it is about an old man who dies on a fun. He looks after a fun fair. And he gets killed as part of a funfair accident, uh, and it's then his journey through, you know, his journey from from earth to heaven, you yep. know. Yep. And it's about the five people that that have had a real impact on your life, and you also meet the people that you have had an impact on their life. Ooh, but you may, you may not know. Yeah. You know, you may not know yeah. that that this person was the was the person who had the impact on your life or you may not know that you were the person who had the impact on this other person's life you know uh so and it's a real it's just a wee novel so we it's a wee novel it's a fantastic read uh, have you crying and laughing and, and uh mitch album uh, the five people to be in heaven i have read it a number of times in fact it is the only book it is the only novel that i have ever read lying in bed got to the end got to the last page and went just flipped right back to the start started to start again I, I have bought it about, I don't know how many times I've bought it and given it as gifts as well, so. Excellent, excellent. Well, I definitely know that. Yeah, definitely that Mitch Alden, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. A few honourable mentions in books. Mm-hmm. The Four Agreements. Four, I, uh, uh, I, Gil Christos get my copy of The Four Agreements. I've actually read it on your recommendation. It's very, yeah. very good. I've bought The Fifth Agreement. need to read that. I see you've got Adam Cara on the phone, Adam which Cara. is about Celtic yeah. spirituality. That'll be, be back to front, but... Uh, <coughs> Anamkara by John O'Donoghue. Yeah. Um, Kevin led it to my dad, or I took it on Monday, gave it to my dad. My dad had read it two nights. Really, really good. Uh, really appreciated it. Um, other things, obviously, Thinking Grow Rich. Thinking Grow Rich is the one. I, my study group, uh, my business masterminds, there's four copies of it sitting there. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I, it's another book that I read uh, constantly, all the time. Uh, you know, when we go through the masterminders, we read it. We read a, a, a chapter a month, and I read the chapter. You know, every time yeah. that I'm doing it with a group, or every yeah. time we're chatting about it, I read it again. And I want to give that book a mention as well. Uh, this is the Prophet uh, by Khalil Gibran. The Prophet by it'll be backwards. Khalil and Gibran. Uh, the Prophet <laughs> by Khalil Gibran. Uh, and this is amazing. This is just. Do you know what I, I can't even describe, I can't even describe to you what that that's about. It's just uh, again very short story. This is written in nineteen. 19- is it a novel or is it self help? It's it's a novel, but it's one of those uh, you know, like Paul Capello, yeah, yeah. Uh, alchemist type yeah, yeah, yeah. novel yeah. type things. You know, it's got a story. I think it's got Rich Man Babylon type of. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and another one from me, maybe if everybody wants. It's a basic finance book. But even as an accountant, it made me see finance in a very different light. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very I thought it was a phenomenal book. Yeah. So 
guys get a, get a bit of a look at that. So here's a very philosophical one. Mm-hmm. So I was I was gonna, or I told you I was gonna challenge you with a wee philosophical mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you, Mr. Kevin Young, how do you find meaning in life? What gives you meaning in life? Where do you find meaning in life? I think I get my meaning in life from probably two things. People. So the interactions that I have with people. Yep. Uh, and how I think. What I think about and challenging my own thinking. So there, you know, and especially, I mean, when I, when I, I read a few songs, you know, and, and everybody knows that, that's, but, and people always say, well, you know, where do you get a song from? And for me, a song always comes from a wee something that somebody says, a wee yeah. phrase, you know, a wee throwaway thing. And I just love. Does it come to you whenever you least expect it? Yeah. Or do you consciously? No, no, no. I actually, no, no, I can't do that. There's people, you know, there's very, and, and they're the people that are at the top of the game that can sit down and say, today I'm going to write a song. You know, uh, and my good friend, Stevie Scudlin, Malogian, uh, you know, I'll say, well, cracking name, by the way. Ah, it isn't it? And he'll, he'll be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to write some songs, you know, and I, so I can't do that. So where, where I get, you know, inspiration or, uh, in, in my life, meaning is through the things that people say. Uh, and sometimes it can just be a wee throwaway thing. And I love observational stuff. I love watching people. I love seeing how they interact. I yeah. Love, yeah. You know, I love, uh, I get a lot of meaning in, in my life and a lot of pleasure. It was a lot of joy from watching people transform. I love the work that I do at that time when somebody gets it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, you can see it. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. just right ding in, in, in their eyes and you're like, brilliant. And I just love watching people come going out and uh, different than from they come in. Yeah. And I, 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 I love that, you know, it's, uh, so that's where I get meaning. I suppose it has to be people then. It just has to be people is where I get meaning in my, in my life, you know. And do you like, I mean, you talk about this good, a good few times, you like the sort of, how would you put the culture around here? The ancient monuments. The, oh, all sure we talk about that. I'm very passionate that about That gives you a lot of meaning. And we, we had, well, again, that's people. Isn't <laughs> it Because that's what people made, you know, right, all those a thousand years ago, right, or right, two thousand right. years ago, or five thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I love how people, I love trying to work out how people behaved back then and what they were thinking and what they understood about energy and thought and psychology yeah. and you know we we spoke to this about length and we did yeah completely uh, we talked you know strill whales and the ballet no stone circle and mind of down and i love I, I the belief that we've actually lost knowledge of civilization oh, over, no, the, no, over, no, over the yeah, last yeah. centuries or whatever yeah. millennia um just some of the stuff we have right here uh mr chris heath if you're there i know that Yes, is there? There is, sir. Mr. Chris Heath, if we're there, us three lads might do a wee bit of a road trip, maybe a bit of an ancient monument road trip. I know maybe we'll make a wee video one or something like that because I think, especially right kind of down here, we're just blessing so much stuff. Wait, I, I've got I've got a good friend coming up. I wonder if Andrew's watching. How you doing, Andrew Cog from Clonakilty in Cork, and he's coming up to me in the next couple of weeks. It'll be the first time he's ever been in the north. And it's just basically because I've told him about the amount of stuff. Yeah. Here. Within, tw- within a 20 mile radius, James, you know, I work with a lot of lads from, from Armagh and, you know, I'm forever, you know, they're, they're very passionate about Armagh and, you know, Brand, some Brand stuff Rue and I, Colin and yeah. uh, the seat, you know, it's, it's the seat of the Nabin King Ford. of Ulster and the Nabin Ford, all that stuff, you know, 
And I'll argue with a bit out of them about County Down, you know, that, yeah. that we that what, what we have up here. And you know what? We're blessed that we we're blessed that we're able to argue about our own places. The thing is that most counties in Ireland have got something absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. People yeah. around the world, if they seen what every county has, it would just be absolutely astounding. Yeah. Yeah. But County Down's got tens of things, yeah. loads of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I that and that certainly gives a lot of meaning to my life. Yeah. Like I said, my dad, I owe that gift to my dad. Mm. Uh, give me the, the, the gift of that. So, in terms of your coaching, your work, your passions, whatever, have you any previous experiences that have helped you in that? Okay, we'll talk about Vodafone, but is there anything yeah. else? Uh, do you know, James, it's a funny thing because I'll tell you a couple of funny stories. So, when I was, when I was uh, uh, probably six or seven, uh, no, I'll tell you a story from before that. One of my one of my earliest memories is I can remember I still lived in Belfast. So we moved out from 1981 when I was about six. So I was younger than six. So I must be five or four. And I can remember on Halloween night walking across uh, this back field with my then girlfriend. Uh, she was five as well, you know. So and she was called Mandy Tate, right? Uh, and I remember walking across the back field. We were going. I don't know where we we're going. We we're coming to or from. And I saw a witch. Okay. As clear as day, uh, the archetypal cartoon witch on a broom, pointy hat, green and black striped uh, socks, the works, right? And no, I was going to deny myself there and say, obviously, I didn't see it. I did see it. Whether it was there or not yeah. is another story. But they are used by you see it. Yeah, yes, completely. Yes, absolutely. Then I can remember being about seven and I got a new TV for Christmas from Santa Claus. And of course, you're up at stupid o'clock in the morning, and I watched this TV. You from, must have been a good fella that year. I must have been. But it was, old, it was TV. It had a dial to a, a dial to, to tune. <laughs> I did a close with the dot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So had a dial. You had the like a radio. You had the tune uh, with that radio. Good. You know. Yeah. Well, that was. I mean, like I said, that was in 1981, and I uh, watched this TV for about two hours. Uh, loved it. And then my mum and dad were getting up out of bed at about seven, you know, and I was like, I got a colour TV for Christmas, I got a brand new colour TV. And my dad was like, are you sure it's colour? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, maybe you should just check again. So I went down and turned this TV on, and it was a black and white TV. So I had watched a black and white TV in colour for two hours. Now, I can remember watching the colour. I remember seeing the colour. your imagination. My imagination filled that in. Right, right. So, uh... Then growing up, and I don't mean this to sound ego. I just I, I, I had on, on a number of occasions I had people come and say to me, "You're not the same." I was like, uh, "Right, okay, you know." I certainly looked the same as my friends. You know, I you know I, we had all shaven heads. Say we were on the bike in the same so You know, and you know I saw myself as the same. And this had this this thing continued to happen to me that, that people would tell me that I wasn't the same I was different you know and I'm like what uh, and so all through my life I have loved the idea of, of how your mind can work and do and achieve things yeah. and, 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 and you know insert things and delete things and you know I love I love how and then we talk about manifestation and you know all those sorts of things you know and I love how, how that works and then the kind of final story on, on that uh, about seven years ago when my kids are very young I remember having a chat with my daughter it was a nighttime chat going to bed and you know and I was saying to her do you know if, if you imagine nice things are going to happen 
nice things will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, just being very fatherly and very, very polite and saying that, you know, that, that you know, if you imagine you're going to have a nice day in school tomorrow, then you'll have yeah, a nice day in school, you know, and, and just explaining this in a very child-friendly way, this, this idea of creating your own reality. And in a very childlike manner, she said to me, so if I imagined I was going to find money on the ground, but I find it, I was like, oh, right. So what do you do there? Do you, you know, swallow your words and say, no, 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 that's not really how it works. Or do you take the cue from, you know, whatever power is out there and say, yeah, you know what? If you imagine that, that's what's going to happen. And I just said, you know, yes, if you imagine that's going to happen, then that's what's going to happen. And kind of left her room thinking, oh, what a miracle now, you know. And, and the, the, the end of the story, James, is two days later, she went shopping with her grandmother. Oh, no. I, and we can ask her. We can ask her. This is, this is <laughs> as true as I'm sitting here. Two days later, she went shopping with her grandmother to Forestside, to uh, M&S. All their supermarkets are available. Uh, and she came back. She said, Dad, you never guess what happened to me. You guess what happened to me. And I was like, I don't know what happened to you. She says, I found money. And she found two £5 notes on the floor of, of Forestside. Okay. And she went to, she's a very honest child, she went to hand the money in to customer care and nobody was there. And she said she waited for about 10 minutes and nobody came along. And her granny then, who's also very honest, lady, said, Rosa, I think you're just meant to keep that money. Yeah. And she kept the money, came home with two £5 notes. And if ever, you know, if ever, you know, if ever there was magic and miracles happening in the world, and if ever I needed a sign that magic and miracles happen in the world, there was one right there. So you talk about experiences that, that lead you on, and I totally believe in the power of creating your own reality. Uh, I also believe that we can mess that up <laughs> quite often. I completely you believe. Well, I've caught a couple of things up. For- First of all, you're talking about seeing witches, but I've seen the Banshee. Good for you. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, On numerous occasions, remember the lights in the night club goes yeah. off? I've seen the Banshee number. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The second one, <laughs> the, part, the part of the mind. The second one, the part of the mind. And this is one with Dad, actually. Now, we had a bit of bad news last year. Mm-hmm. So, in typical fashion, you do up the good room so you can go and sleep in the good room. The good room was my mum's room. So, the first night, that he relocated into the good room. He woke up the next morning and he went, somebody took me up in bed last night. And I went, that wasn't me. me. <laughs> and obviously he says it wasn't your mother, but I believe it was your mother. Mm-hmm. And that was the part of his mind that yep. had given him some sort of comfort. Yep. So completely by that. Yep. And it's absolutely amazing the way that works. Yep. Absolutely amazing. The, the magic of the power that's in your mind might necessarily be happening in reality. But if your mind makes you give, you give you that comfort or whatever. It's well, just, then you wouldn't yeah. see that, and, and that's the thing, James. If it if it's if it's happening in your mind, then that, that is, is your reality, you know. Yeah. And that 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 then that is the truth, and that is your your truth. Uh, and yeah, Very interesting. not to get too not to get too spiritual or far out about it. I heard something today. I read something today. I said which really fascinated me. This is a, this is an aside. I just love all this stuff. Good. And you say, well, where do you get your? You know, where do you get your? Uh, what was the question I said, where do you get your, 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 your I, interest somewhere? Your meaning in life. Your meaning, you know, and I love this, that someone had written somewhere that you, 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 you know, what are those ones? You don't exist. It's like, right, this is interesting to me, so I decided to read on, because the version of me that you know yeah, is different to the version that 
that say Martin Gilchrist or Chris Heath or something, they, they know a different version of me. So all of the, all of the thousands of people that I know all have a version of me in their head. And I have a version of me in my head. And that was very prevalent in the four agreements. That's right. That's right. That's the right. Sort of wisdom. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's, yeah. And maybe that's a bit about the illusionary nature of, of, of life. Of life. Right. Yeah. Which is um, hugely interesting. And I, 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 so you can see this sort of stuff fascinates me. This, this results coaching, this, this getting people to think about who they are, what they are, what they want, you know, what, how they're going to get it. And, and then, you know, all this stuff really fascinates me. So, and, and me too, because three years ago, I would have went fluffy crap. Yeah. Bullshit. But whenever you actually go, yeah, the part that you have in your mind is like, the, I don't know if I told you this one before, but I went to talk to a counselor three years ago, mm-hmm. but stuff going on, but I need help here. First time I ever put my hand up with it, and then I need yeah. help. Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay not to be okay. Oh, no, 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 complete, no. Completely. Yeah. And, you know, like you heard me say numbers, numerous occasions, I'm an accountant to believe in pre programmed, logical, articulate. I shouldn't have had problems. I should be able to deal with myself. Yeah. Bullshit. If you need you need a hand, go and ask someone. I went and asked somebody, and went said exactly that same line. By the way, you can't change me. I'm logical, pre-programmed. My head works like a spreadsheet. And I turned around. He said, "James, that's the biggest box I ever heard in my life." He said, "You can do whatever you want to do. You can think the way you want to think. You just have to flick that switch in your mind to actually do that." Mm-hmm. In the last three years, I've seen the power of that happening. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you if I met you three years ago, Kevin, you said, "Well, James, how are you doing? Do you think you'd ever be a businessman?" Bollocks, no way. Mm-hmm. And it was happened. It, yeah. It's mad. Yeah. So you can actually do whatever you know, whatever you want. Um. So here's one. What's the best investment you've ever made? Monetary. Um, Spiritually, it, it won't have been. Or, it won't have been money. Well, uh, I wouldn't have thought no, so. Do you know what's funny thing with money, James? I have always been really, really, really good up until recent times of, of generating and making money, uh, and always really, really good at uh, giving it away and spending it. Uh, you were good at that too. Good at that too. Great at that too. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been money. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a, a monetary investment. Uh, Do you know, James? Uh, and again, this is this is probably very cliched and, and very, but I don't give a shit, you know. Uh, so I have two daughters now who are fourteen, almost fifteen, and almost thirteen. Mm-hmm. So two two beautiful girls, and and I know every father is doting and every you know, but my, my children are serious high achievers, yep. right? <laughs> you know. I, I don't even mean academically; I just mean. You know, in, in their sports and their academics, and I was saying I posted a picture this morning. My twelve-year-old for breakfast made uh, baked eggs, avocado, and wheat and bread. You know, and I was speaking to people, adults, on Friday, who I don't really think knew what an avocado was. Do you mean? And she, and there's my daughter using it. So you're when, probably talking to one of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when my kids were very young, so no spuds in avocado, no. There's no spuds in avocado. <laughs> no, you have spuds on avocado. Yeah. Well. Uh, when my kids were very young, uh, my wife Sharon and I were worked very, very hard at we you know, we did by hook or by crook we made sure that we were there to raise our kids. Yeah. You know. And sometimes that was tough and you know, uh, sometimes we didn't have enough money and sometimes we, you know, we, we, we struggled through, but we always had time. 
to read to them, to answer the questions, to be with them, to, you know, uh, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a tough enough dad, like I, I don't take any other nonsense, you know, I I'm, uh, would expect respect, yeah. would expect that they give respect you know, yeah. in, in all sorts of walks of life. And I now have a 15-year-old, and an almost 15-year-old, and almost 13-year-old who are nothing short of amazing, nothing short of amazing. Like for, I don't, I, academics is important. It's not the most important thing. But it gives you a measure of it. So, Rosa, that's actually making me well up the way you've said that, man. Yeah. Well, I'm serious about it. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Why? I'm sorry to cut across yeah. you because everybody's seen the last couple of minutes of my dad's talk. Yeah. That's the way you found yeah. me. Yeah. I know that. So I've seen it. He was. He was. He was. Oh, completely. I'm completely. Go for it. That's amazing. So. Rosa, both of them, Rosa last year, she's a bit older, so she was doing 12 subjects at school. She does 12 subject, subjects, and she came first in her class. She's in Down High, which is a great grammar school, yeah. very good grammar school. She came first in her class out of 10 of her 12 subjects, and like second in the other two. Now, I've said to her, you know, once or twice in your class is amazing. Five times is like, you know, outstanding. But never subject. 10 times is like, I mean, seriously? And my youngest, I have to mention her as well, she'll follow me. You know, she was doing, she's in first year, so she was only doing 10 subjects, and she was first in eight of her 10 subjects. You know, they're on the hockey teams, they're on the football teams, they cook, they read, they're great with the young kids, they're very respectful to me and, and their mum. So the biggest investment that I have made is the investment that I put into my kids between, the, between the ages of, you know, one and seven. Uh, is absolutely the best investment that I made, absolutely. Because one thing that I have learned is that those formative years, again, I never thought that's fluffy crap because of my thing about genes and bravery program, blah, blah, with rubbish. Mm -hmm. But those formative years, even before you are born, yep. is so important and mm -hmm. so impactful. I even seen it myself with, unfortunately, with the impact of my mum, that made a bit of impact on me further on down the line. And so it's taken me now to really get around that. But where you are with your two girls, like two incredibly rounded individuals. Class, class individuals, class three human beings, uh, very proud of them. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's just not much. That's, 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 that's a testament. Yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. a testament to you, you child. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. just unbelievable. And, well, <clears throat> and we've been really lucky, you know, when you talk about that, and I mean, Sharon's mum and my mum, both chief babysitters, uh, you know, we've been lucky to have strong, good family, and both Sharon's from my other bombers were Northern Irish, Northern Irish, normal families, yeah, head cases, a lot of, you know, and my <laughs> sisters are flipping big cracking bombers, you know, and they've got cousins, and yeah. uh, Sharon's brothers are both flipping, you know, head cases in the nicest possible oh, sense, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and so we've been lucky to have a very good social structure built around us, and, and uh, but yes, my absolute best investment has been the time that I invested in my kids in, in their early years. That's brilliant. Our folks have got a, probably about another 10, 15 minutes. So, could you please, if you want any questions, fire them up now. We'll see if we can get we we'll get Kevin to, and myself, whatever to the car. You know. So here's one for you. What's the most unusual habit you have? Or will I let you away with that and play a wee song first? Play a wee song first. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> think about it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> habits, habits. What, what are habits? Jesus, uh, what, what is a habit? Something you do repeatedly. Uh, Something that you do that you find is okay that somebody else will go, what? Well, you'd have to ask somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a better response. Yeah, you'd have to ask somebody else. Uh, so if anybody knows any habits, Sharon, you're excluded from, from messaging. No, Sharon, no, no, keep them coming, uh, keep them coming. 
so I, I, uh, I don't know. I collect tattoos. Is that is that a habit or is that oh, well, a party thing? Or, uh, so, and, and I'm not finished yet. I'm 43 years of age. And I'm still, Where did it start? Still collecting. When? Mm-hmm. When I was 17 or 18. With a okay, so you're a trendsetter then, because 10 or 20 years ago, nobody would have asked me. Oh, 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 I, oh, I know. I was. I was. You're the band. Yeah, and I, a face full of. I've got 12 body piercings. That, that I don't I don't display anymore, don't wear anymore. So I'm nose, not going to ask for the eyebrows, lips, uh, tongue, noses, three or four in the ears, nipples done as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go play a song quick. Play a song quick. Are we going to dedicate this to somebody? Anybody? Uh, I'm going to dedicate this. I have to dedicate this to... Uh, may I meet Martin Gilchrist? <laughs> because he had asked for one of them. Oh, has he, has he asked for yeah, something? Asked for yeah, one. Yeah, no, no, no.
short version of that, of that song. Did you write that? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's genius here. All the songs I sang, man. Chris Heath asked that I would sing the harmony, but Chris, unfortunately, I've got man. He's got the cold. He's got, got, got man nose, flu. Nose, so. so I'll do it the next time. I'll yeah. certainly enhance that song with my dulcet tones. My, yeah. yeah. So, Martin, that was for you. So don't be uh, soaking your shoes in the rain, the suede shoes. Um, thanks very much. That was brilliant. Mm. So a couple of final questions. Uh, folks, put up anything that you want to uh, put up. Find a few comments. Do that, please. I got it. The concept of the whole saying work, rest, and play. Yeah. What do you think about play and that concept to have a healthy life? And what do you do to play? What do you do to relax? Oh, oh my. Because I mean, we mainly touched on this last month, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a bit more about that. Uh, I. Uh, well, I watch Snooker to relax, but. Uh, <laughs> to me, James, and I mean this honestly, my, my work, rest, and play is. Is everything that I do, do you mean? And, and that's yeah. the, I, I get a real buzz, a real energy out of helping people and working with businesses and individuals. And that is my motivation, that's my rest, that's my enthusiasm. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't remember, this, and this is honestly, I can't remember the last time I ever had that feeling of, oh, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> Certainly not in the last 10 years. The six o'clock feeling on a Sunday night. Never, I can't remember the last time I had it. Yeah, yeah, but it takes you, does it take you to be in the corporate hamster wheel? To really that? Come, uh, nah, but then probably does. To come off that wheel to yeah. then realise. Yeah. Because if I'm talking to an accountancy student now or, or a business coach and a business person, whatever that is, I'm exactly the same as you. Yeah. I, I mean, you've definitely spoken about this in terms of giving value and asking yeah. for that value yeah. back. Sometimes I feel guilty asking for the money because you don't think you're working. Yeah. Or I don't think no, 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 occasionally. So yeah, no, it's in that instance the best thing you do is to value yourself on on not on not on how you feel you have done, but on how the other person yeah. feels that you have yeah. done. You know, that's yeah. that's another. That's but in terms then of out of the work sphere, what what uh, oh outside, outside of work, outside of work, uh, outside of watching stuff. Yeah, singing and playing guitar. Tell us about the gig. Oh, why? Wow. So I'm supporting. I'm supporting. Uh, well, that's interesting about talking about manifestation. So I wrote down on a piece of paper about three weeks ago uh, that uh, one of my short-term goals was uh, more support gigs. That's just what I wrote, more support gigs. And that very night, a friend of mine messaged me on Facebook and said, here, Kev, a friend of mine is booking himself a gig in the Dunkern Centre and was looking for a support act. Would you do it? I was like, you kidding me? Just wrote that down this morning. Brilliant. So, and then during the week, one that I'm really excited about, a friend of mine who I'm, uh, he hasn't released the gig, so I don't want to state his thunder. Uh, a guy that I really, really, really admire as a musician, Northern Irish musician, uh, and I'm supporting him on the 23rd of August in Bangor. Uh, it's in the drama club, but I've been told not to call it the drama club in Bangor. It's called the Something Theatre, which is kind of under. So, uh, so yes, I love to. I love to cook, I love to eat, I love to play music, I love to read books, uh, I love to go to gigs. Oh, I, would, I would go to, you, you mean, any, anybody that ever wants to phone me up and say, Kev, do you want to go to a gig? I'll say yes. What's your favourite genre of music? Well, I start to, it's more folk, but you do folk that, that, James, that question there is like, which is your favourite child? Okay. You know, so can't answer that. I, I listen to electronic music, I listen to... Well, I'll tell you what, if I just quickly mention the, the local scene that I listen to. So a guy called Melodian, who's 60 psychedelic folk kind of stuff. 
uh, Neil Young-esque. Is, is Saint Nietzsche? Yes. I can look him up. And Melodian, absolutely. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, go, and, go and look up Melodian. I'll, I'll send it. Go and look up Melodian, absolutely. And then the, the other side of that is a guy called, uh, for example, Ryan Veal, who's a guy from Derry. London Derry. Derry. Stroke City. Uh, Stroke City. <laughs> who is uh, like real flipping uh, melodic uh, electronic music. Right. Uh, oh, class stuff. Ryan Veal that came up. A guy called Kieran Lavery. Uh, from here is a real, you know, real... Uh, Troubadour singer songwriter guy, guy called Joshua Burnside who writes this, uh, and these are all people that live within twenty miles of us. Uh, Joshua Burnside writes this sort of mental singer songwriter stuff, but with a real, real twist on it. It's class, uh, you know. So. You, do, you do a lot, a lot of hosting that, that pop up. Thing, yeah, don't you? yeah, yeah. Ross Moffat, Ross Moffat. Moffat. That's fantastic stuff. Keep her lit, man. Keep her lit. Actually. So a guy, a good friend of mine who I just made as a, a really good friend on my cycle around Jordan two or three weeks ago, Sam Magri, said your song's brilliant. Cheers, Sam. Thank you. And by the way, Sam, get your arse out to Machu Picchu now. Book your holiday now because he was saying he was debating it. Yeah. Go and do it. You'll not regret it. You'll not regret it. So play is so important. And yeah. as I say, coming off that hamster wheel of the copper world has just made me appreciate that. Mm. So here's a couple of things then just to wrap us up. We've been going for 57 minutes, my ass. What would your advice be? Well, I've written, I've sort of framed it. What would your advice be to a young person sort of coming into the real world? Let's just open it out. What would your main advice be to everybody who's watching it? Do you know my main advice, and this, again, this sounds cheesy and corny, and I'll probably have to take a while to explain it, which I don't have, but I want to say it is <laughs> have no fear. Have no fear. Go forward without fear. You know, I wish, I wish, if I could give myself advice, you know, as a 20 year old man yeah. or a 25 year old man, have no fear. Yeah. There is nothing to fear. And that's the advice I would give people now. Have no fear. Uh, because so many people are twisted and buckled and weighed down and under pressure of fear. Uh, and I experienced myself this week and only had a very good uh, chat with my wife who hit me a swift kick in the. Yeah. Uh, about living in fear, you know, and, and, and doing something about the fear that you're living in. Have no fear. That's my that's my that's my uh, thing. Just have no fear. That's my advice to anyone. Have no fear. And then there's you know there's a whole sort of under things to prop that up. And how do you how do you not have fear? And what do you do about that? And how do you get rid of it? And how do you deal? You know. But that's a whole another conversation. But have no fear. I I'm, this is a very very current one for me because. I was saying from Friday evening onward, I was incredibly bad form, incredibly bad form, and only really snapped out of it this morning. I'll tell you why. But my dad's not well, as I said, but he's also developed vertigo. Mm-hmm. And I had the enormous fear of, my God, what's going to happen next? The fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that really affected me on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I was going to go, what's going to happen next to my dad? Mm-hmm. For being so healthy up to this time last year, and then boom, it's like just, it's like the house of cards starting to fall apart. Yeah. It's not really. Not whenever rational head kicks back in and yeah. goes, yeah. good God, James, he's got it all clear in one aspect of the doctor here. Yeah. He's getting a hyperplacement two months' time. And in the vertigo, he's not getting treatment for that too. Yeah. So I can completely relate to fear. Mm-hmm. Fear completely overtook my mind yeah. from Freddie onward. Yeah. Until sometimes you have to look at your the demon that sits on your yeah. shoulder yeah. and lightly tell him to yeah. apologize folks. Back off. off. Yeah. <laughs> that was the stereo sound, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. So, completely. Uh, uh, yeah, completely get that. It's, uh, it's to banish all the fear. 
And Natasha has given us a really good question that maybe will tie into this piece. So guys, I've got a question. This time of year is exam time. What advice would you guys give James from the practical side and Kevin from the mindset um, side? Well, my practical tip, anybody doing an exam at the minute is to drop a study plan and to do it as soon as possible. Um, what do I mean by a study plan? I mean capturing that in a life plan. So for the next four weeks, you know when you're going to go to the gym, you know whenever you're going to go out with your mates, you know whenever you're going to study, blah, blah. But the key thing is, and people tend to have the most fancy damn plan in the world, not stick to it. You have to stick to it. The other secondary tip is for every subject you're doing, do it in 90 minute blocks. 90 minute block of studying science, 15 minute break. 90 minute block maths, 15 minute break, and do it that way and mix up your topics so you don't get bored. Mindset piece for exams. No, exactly the same as yours, uh, James. It, 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 it doesn't matter whether you want to achieve your exams, whether you want to achieve in a relationship, whether you want to achieve in your finances, whether you want to achieve at home, in your career, in your job, whatever it is. And one realm of, of the work that I do with people would, would, would class this as the spiritual, the intellectual, and the physical. Yeah. People can sometimes get a bit freaked out when you use those words. And another three words that mean exactly the same, and you just say them, are think, plan, and action. Yeah. So think about what you want to get. That's the spiritual side. Yep. Uh, plan for it. That's the intellectual part, your study plan. And take action. <laughs> action is always the answer. Which is the key thing that people tend to forget. Yeah, tend action. To shy away from. Shy away from, you know, Why? sit and... Uh, because of fear. Because of fear. Yeah. Take action. And the, the, one of the best ways to get over fear is to take action. So take it. Somebody needs to be sitting there shitting themselves about their exam coming up and sit and shit themselves. Go and do a half hour study. Go and start, go and revise this, take action, go and phone someone that's already done some study, go and, uh, you know, add, find some past papers, go and uh, Google, you know, history papers from, you know, 2015 to 2017. Take action. Yeah. So think, plan, action. Yeah, the other thing about the thinking is why you're doing it. Um, this is the first question I ask any accountancy student that I do, and I, and I fire that out to anybody who's doing um, exams. You do not want to have the what if factor in a month's time or two months time. What if I only studied for an extra hour? What if I only studied at all? You know what I mean? So go and do it, take action and move forward. And uh, hey, the future the future will, will certainly. James, can I just say as an important point as well, just right now that uh, for anyone doing exams, especially young people, uh, it is not the be all and end all. Definitely. It is not the be all and end all. When I first sat my A-levels, I got two U's and an A-in. I'm sure I failed my first year at A-level too. Yeah. I failed my 11 plus and got the, got the lowest grade and my headmaster told me it was stupid. Yeah. It's then about just getting back on the horse and moving forward so again. it is not the end of the world. Do, do your, take action, do your best, you know, uh, think plan action, have a study plan, move forward, do your best. If it doesn't happen for you, it is not the end of the world. No. Not and life, life has got a strange way of moving you into certain directions. Yeah. But you taking those opportunities, those actions to sort of embrace that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely get that. So, last thing, Mr. Kevin Young, what does the future hold for you? What's the next right. few months looking like? So, short-term future, this is something I really want to talk about, is an event that I'm, and this this is blatant uh, plugging-ism. You, you plug away. Plugging-ism. Uh, so, an event that I am... I'm, uh, heavily involved with, uh, with Team Stevie J is an event called Reignite Your Ultimate Power and I will post a little link uh, on, on, on all the pages after this. Reignite Your Ultimate Power which is a one day event on the 15th of June in the Armagh City Hotel which uh, is, a, is a big event for, we're probably talking 200 people 
uh, and going through uh, a step-by-step guide to help people move forward, to, to get, you know, to beat the fear, to find themselves, to see what they want to do, to help them set goals, to help them, uh, you know, find their dreams, to help them move forward. And that. So this is a big event, big, big event. Uh, and the early bird tickets are still on sale until the uh, end of this week, so next Sunday. Uh, and then the early bird tickets stop. So if you if you have any interest in this sort of, just see if you're doing your exams, or you're starting a business, or you want to improve your business, or you just feel a bit blocked, or you you know you're a bit not not blocked, <laughs> a bit energy blocked, challenged that you can't get you can't get to the next phase of your life. This is the event for you. So that's that's in the immediate future for me and work. I am just I've just written a program, and I'm about to launch it to uh, restaurateurs, cafe, coffee shop owners, and cafe owners. Uh, about how to develop their business, and um, I'm a real coffee shop fan. When you asked me, when you asked me what I do outside of work, I should have said that. You um, coffee snob? Up completely. I would love a clue. See if you sell me different coffee. Yeah. I would just say, that's all the same. Oh no, I could tell you which one's from an African uh, continent. Which what about the wee bean that comes out of your monkey's bum? Ah, uh, that's. I know, I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say it's a load of shit. A <laughs> uh, load of shit. But yes, so I'm helping, I'm now a program, we're going to get the program out to, I suppose, mentor uh, restaurateurs, coffee shop owners and cafe owners to help develop their businesses. Because uh, I love coffee shops, I love to see people doing well in them. I know how hard the work is and I know the mistakes that people are making because I made them all yeah. uh, eight years ago. So I'm not sitting on any moral high ground with that one. I just am in a position to help with the management and coaching and mentoring skills. And I have made all the mistakes, you know, so I can, I can say to you. See that mistake you're about to make? Don't be doing that. I've already done that and it doesn't work out, you know, so. Um, that's great you can give that experience and help others in that first class. Um, so that's that's short term, that's medium term. Long term, I uh, want to uh, do a lot of talking and a lot of inspiring and a lot of motivating and a lot of connecting, a lot of helping all around the world. Global. That's what I want to do. Global. Let's go global. Yeah. And on that note, that was absolutely awesome, man. Thank One you. hour and six minutes. That's been absolutely brilliant. And folks, hopefully you found that um, really, really good. As I say, James Perry presents. I'm going to try and make this a more regular thing. And just get the brilliant people that we have out there. And just chat to them. Learn from them. As I say, this is like networking from your own home. You know, you can ping questions, ask a few things, and hear what our thoughts are on that. And yeah, we're going to try and make this regular. Get the amazing people we have, like Kevin here, and let as many people um, hear, hear, hear what our thoughts are and what, what, what wisdom we can give mm-hmm. and experiences. You're going to give a fair amount of I'll sing this out. Oh, here we go. But you can, turn all the, you can turn all the cameras off halfway through if you want. I'm just going to sing a wee song. And so, so it's your work. Being a Sunday, this is a. Probably a gospel attention, but it's, it's just about the, the, the power of the mind. Let's go for it. Folks, take care. All the best. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Cheers. Seeing ain't always believing. And hearing's not always the truth. Your words aren't sweeter than silence. Baby, just what's the use? Talking in riddles and rhymes, living in different times. Your thoughts on fear is cool water. Baby, you're missing.
given to you. I'm living for you. I love only you.